Good day to you all. This is Generation Tech. I'm Todd Brinker. I am joined this morning, not surprisingly, by my dad, Jack Brinker. How are you today, Dad? Doing good, son. How are you? Dandy. It's been a little bit cooler this weekend here, so it was nice. High 80s, which we've been sitting in the high 90s to low 100s. So, you know, it was nice to have Uh a little bit cooler weather. and, And then it cooled off in the evenings a lot more. You know, just that 10-degree difference or 15-degree difference in the evenings, yeah. then we're much more tolerable. can open up oh, the windows. We've had some beautiful days here, and and uh, not, it's not so hot. It's been in, in the 80s, but mm-hmm. up, upper 80s at times. Yeah. Yeah, this was upper 80s for us, but that was 10 to 15 degrees cooler than it had been. And when it's in the upper 90s and the low 100s, um, very often the evenings stay in the high or the, the low 80s to the high 70s throughout the night, which is not comfortable. So I don't generally open up the house in the evenings unless it gets down to the lower 70s. So yeah. it was nice to have a weekend of that and had a daughter come visit me for the weekend. And we went and celebrated a a surprise birthday party for my nephew's wife. And it was wonderful. Ah, terrific. Yeah. Had a lot of fun. Got to hang out with extended family and friends so yeah well your sister took off uh here i guess sunday went to ohio and they'll be there until wednesday uh-huh. i think wednesday or thursday they do that every once in a while don't they, they head yeah ohio. that that well, was got, the first this is the first time she's taken the boys back to the, their first home you know uh-huh. when babies right so so anyway, what's, when they, the, what's the trip to Ohio for? I mean, I know they go to, to Pennsylvania a lot because they've got family there. But what's what's in Ohio? Well, it was just to kind of go uh, revisit uh, old, ah. earlier places, and I, I guess friends that mm-hmm. they've still stayed in touch with. And, sure, and just to see the sights. Just something so it different, was actually you know? a vacation, vacation, just going out and yeah, hanging out. Huh? Yeah, just cool. just a vacation, vacation. Yeah, cool. Something to do just before the boys have to. Starts back to school, you know. Mm. They haven't started back yet, huh? No, as I, Mom and I were talking about that. The schools don't seem to be synchronized around here. You know, you'd think mm-hmm. North Mecklenburg or the whole county would go at the same time, but I, right. I think it's down. It's broken down to school district as to how yeah. they actual schedule things. Yeah, that's how it is here, uh, two districts. But even that said, pretty much everybody's back in school by now. I mean, and have been for at least a, a week, if not two. Yeah. So. Anyway. Yeah, it's funny, you know, out here, we, when I was in school, when I when when I was in high school and my my siblings were in grade school, it didn't the on the west coast, they seem to start a lot later, but they've all switched to wanting to finish their first semester before the Christmas break. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so now they're all starting much earlier in the summer than they used to. Yeah, most people are, I think the schools like it better too cuz that way you got a plane break at restart yeah. after after the holidays. So. Yeah, they always felt like you lost a week or two after the Christmas holidays. If you've been off for 2 weeks, you come back and you really spend a lot of time just kind of catching up and getting everybody in the in the mindset of being back in school again. And so for the teachers, yeah, I quick, they, come take finals, you know. <laughs> they prefer to get that done and get exactly, basically get you back up to speed and then give you finals, you know, in in late January, early February. And so it was like, hmm, if we can move everything forward a little bit, you know, it's not like people have to have the uh, the fall off in order to help with the harvest anymore, uh, for the most part, yeah. in most well, places. Except in the Midwest. Or <laughs> say, well, and even there, how many family farms are there anymore, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's it's, true. But in you know, California, you got all these vegetable farmers and stuff. But, yeah. uh, you know, they, there's kids involved with those families. Yeah, you know? yeah. 
Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Anyway. No, you're right. So. Yeah. So let's talk some tech. I sent uh, you a, a, uh, a text about an article just after we went off air last time, and it was uh, – the title was a question. It was, did the FDA just greenlight Apple's next wearable? And yeah, and – and, and since then, I've seen confirmation a couple places that, yeah, uh, yeah it's it's happening. And it's early as September, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll be able to uh, uh, fundamentally buy a, uh, a hearing aid without a prescription. Right. The law has changed so that there are hearing aids going to be available sans prescription. And there are other companies already starting to jump into that arena. Um surprises i think no one if you look at what apple's been doing with airpods that they would extend into that particular you know area yeah, I, I guess the problem initially is that uh uh they've been for some time they've allowed you to download a profile into their uh hearing devices the earpods mm-hmm. uh but they don't distinguish ears in other words the profile has to fit both ears and that's yeah. not the case with most people yeah. So yeah. Probably... Well, not not with hearing aids, but with when, when you're listening to music, they probably are looking at a happy medium. They're going to get a lot more specific when they go to hearing aids, right? Yeah. Yeah. They'll they'll have uh, well, they have stereo, mm-hmm. but that's not quite the same as absolutely totally separate uh, uh, yeah. treatment of the sound. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. But they're going to be you know doing the all of their sound processing everything that they've been doing previously but to a greater extent and per ear to help uh help you in a general sense for hearing as opposed to the specific is is instance of listening to music or or audio of some sort uh to me i guess you know the question is uh are they going to have a uh hearing aid te- or a hearing test or something like that in order to set up mm-hmm. your device uh, you know, to help you, mm-hmm. you know, aid you. In other words, instead of just switching a little uh, uh, graph profile to kind of amplify certain areas of the frequency spectrum, you know, I mean, both ways will work. One might be better than another, you know. Right. I would bet that Apple is going to do, uh, they'll tell you, sit in a quiet place, you know, and, and then in a quiet place, they're going to... Um, make sounds from devices either from your phone or directly in your ear or both and they will dynamically adjust and they will probably continue to adjust and then also allow you to manually adjust a little bit um you know as you go along so that they're going to be uh, as smart as they possibly can to get you the sound that you want well the real critical thing they have to control is the microphone specs that you know in a test environment Mm-hmm. And so uh, they'll have to have some some way of specifying you can use this or that device in order to get uh, a good, uh, most accurate uh, profile. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, you know, the, it's got to be the entire chain <laughs> involved here. And uh, Yeah, but, you know, they recognize that. I mean, they've got people who are, you know, audio experts already audio engineers working on on sound so i suspect that they've you know in anticipation of this law i've been working on this for quite a while yeah you know um and i think that you know a lot of these um companies that are hearing aid only companies are going to be in trouble when you get somebody like an apple or 
or a Bose or somebody who's spent a lot of time working with sound that are much larger companies because they've got a more general audience historically. So they've got deeper pockets. They're going to come into this market and go, here's how this is supposed to work. And I think you, th- those of you who use and need hearing aids are going to be much happier in, in, in a very yeah, short I, time. I, 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 I think I want to retract my comment on the on a microphone because the only – in a hearing test, all they really do is they raise the volume of something and then you, you're supposed to respond somehow. Right. You know, you could different be push, volumes pushing and different a button pitches, or, right? You know, it could be pushing a button on the screen as soon as you hear the sound, you know? Yeah. So there's there's other ways to get that feedback from you. Right. Yeah. And I suspect that they're going to be less – it's going to be uh, different than the traditional, you know, make a tone, make a tone at a different frequency, make a tone at a different frequency, make the tone louder. Make the t- I think it's going to be different than that kind of test. I suspect they're going to play something to you. And then you're going to make some adjustments based on that, you know, like maybe it's even just something talking to you so that you can focus, you know, get it tuned in to focus on, on people talking. And, you know, I, there, I can't see Apple just doing the traditional making beeps and boops and saying, do you hear this? Do you hear that? Do you hear this? Yeah. You know, they're going to find a way to do it. That's going to seem more transparent to the end user and, uh, and at the same time, like I said, I think it's going to be dynamic. I think it's going to change for yeah. you based on the environment and information that they're gathering, not only from the hearing aids, but probably from your phone and from your watch. And, you know, they're going to be much smarter about how they adjust their sounds. Yeah. Well, one one of the things they can do in a dynamic test is give you, if you have uh, headphones on or something, some noise background uh, to listen to, of course that that depends on speakers again, mm-hmm. uh, and 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 their characteristics. I I, I don't know. Maybe uh, mm-hmm. I, I I'm not just sure how they would do that, but uh, but they'll need to give you some tones that you hear. And I guess if they're coming through their device, they, those could be calibrated devices from yeah. the factory. Yeah, you, they know when they know the source of the sounds they know the 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 feedback and uh with um the uh uh shoot what's the h1 chip they know how far apart they are even so yep. you know uh, very very to in in minute detail so they should be able to do really good adjustments and uh, as good anyway. as sitting you in the little sound booth at the local um audiologist like a lot of people get it at the at their local uh, Costco or Sam's Club is where they buy hearing aids and because uh, they're cheaper there well now they're well, going to be well, cheaper and well, better the, the bottom line is that uh, the, the cost will come down for people who can't currently afford a five or six thousand dollar hearing aid or don't right. have insurance to cover it uh, yeah but you'll still have to invest in a couple hundred dollar uh, hearing device from Apple yeah uh, or whoever whatever company yeah there'll be people with. there are, there will be and there already are companies out there that are selling uh, several hundred the, dollar ones i would i would bet that the apple ones are going to be more than five hundred dollars and probably less than a thousand just because one, that still uh, under undersells the market but it's sort of the high end of this new market yeah one substantial difference between uh my hearing aids and the current uh devices that you can buy for listening to music or whatever from apple is the fact that uh, the the hearing aids were produced to physically fit my ears. Mm-hmm. In other words, the 
optometrist has some stuff they stuff in your ears and it hardens and right. that makes a cast for creating your hearing aid that fits your ear precisely. Right. And that therefore you have a real good fit and there's none of this rubber uh, tips to try to seal the outside mm-hmm. from uh, what's coming into your ear from the hearing aid. So that device has a, a significant advantage for its use. You know, that's why you pay $5,000 or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're paying for a service. You know? Absolutely. You're paying for a service that is. Well, yeah, a service. But you're also, that service includes a physical device. Oh, sure. Yeah, you're getting a custom-made piece for your ear, too. It's like the um, the in-ear monitors that professional musicians wear. You know, those are all put together by audiologists as well. And they're, <laughs> they're fit to their ears properly. And, uh, but I will tell you, I have experience with a, an at home kit for headphones that does exactly that, that costs like yeah. 40 bucks. And I was worked. wondering about that because they could probably send a, a thing out to you. And, mm-hmm. uh, if you followed instructions and put it in your ear and pulled it out after mm-hmm. a certain timing, uh, that it would function as a, mm-hmm. as a good enough, uh, for a form fit appliance. Yeah, and and they could harvest out to other businesses the making of that case or whatever to put their own electronics into, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, there's a, a company, and I'm trying to find the name if I can remember what it was called that um, uh, that cr- has a, a moldable stuff that you create and you stick it in your ear and it molds to your ear and then you uh, have headphones that go into it. They also make um, earplugs as well for like people who who work in loud environments or go out shooting or you know that kind of stuff and um and you want it molded to your ear to get a good seal and uh, so i bought a set actually and had the and and played around with the wireless headphones that they had and like i said they weren't that expensive at the time it was a couple years ago um but the the stuff exists so it certainly could be done at home if you wanted to do that you know well, I'm, anyway, I'm anxious to get some answers to some of those these mm-hmm. questions on the details of uh, what yeah. Apple, you know, would have in mind. And mm-hmm. uh, since I use hearing aids, and uh, I, my current ones definitely need some uh, work done on them anyway, I'll right. put that off for a couple months and yeah. maybe just replace them. You know? Yeah, yeah. So the question yeah. is, you get your hearing aids through the through the VA. Yeah. VA. So, so if so, the VA doesn't offer these new ones, how cheap would the new ones have to be that you'd be willing to go ahead and pay for them just because you thought they were better? I guess also well, the question is how much better do they have to be in order for you to – right? I mean there's that that too, right? It's like if – right. you know, it's like I wouldn't pay anything for them if they're not actually better. <laughs> well, I, I've thought about that and, and I suspect that they will have nothing but top-end appliances to to create their hearing aids, Apple, if they get into the business. Because they know that what they've got is a general solution and everybody's ears are different. So, you know, there's already issues with their hearing products just because of that, you know? Yeah. Uh, I I totally don't like their original hearing aids and didn't buy them. But the pro models that had the the rubber tips. Wait a minute. You're you're conflating things. You're not head, head. Or, uh, you, you said, well, I, I, I mean, those are headphones. They are not headphones. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They're, they're definitely not, not, 
not um, hearing aids. Not hearing aids, and and yeah, you, and you were kind of comparing their you know hearing aids to their headphones previously, and that's a little unfair because they're not the same product. You know, I mean, when they come out that's with he- yeah, when they come out with hearing aids, then you can do an apples to apples. Uh, right. Yeah. But anyway, uh, I'm I'm uh, I'm at a point where that's a pretty good trade off for me, and I I would mm-hmm. spend a thousand dollars out of my pocket in order to get. Uh, something that's better and yet serves the uh, same function that the Apple Ear AirPods do. Yeah, you know. Yeah, the uh, company that I had gotten them from, and and they don't appear to sell uh, the headphones directly anymore, but they do have um, like a kit that you can you can create a molded earpiece for other headphones. Is called Decibels, D E C I B U L L Z. And mm-hmm. they have a lot of products on Amazon. You can get decibels. And um, <clears throat> no, they still have the uh, molded contour in-ear headphones. They're 60, yeah. 60 bucks. Um, the quality of the headphones is meh. But the, um, but the fact that they uh, mold into your ear, they really do block out sound and fit. And they're, much, they're comfortable to wear. Um, and it's interesting because they not only have... Um, uh, like earplugs that you can custom make custom earplugs with. They've got percussive filters that are specifically for things where, like, like if you're hunting, there's those loud percussive sounds. Yeah. Um, so the, 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 there's another characteristic that I would really be looking forward to, and that is that I do know that there's a micro diamond uh, uh, battery that will last for a thousand years that uh, is available or will soon be available. Mm-hmm. For earpieces, okay. In other words, they're not just uh, rechargeable. They, you know, I still have batteries in mine that I have to change every day right. or two. Uh, but the rechargeable still mean that you got to do that every day or two. You yeah, know? you've got to pull them out and put them you in a case or something lay, every night lay, when you go lay to them bed. on a plat. Usually, they're externally rechargeable. I mean, you just lay it on a platform like like a battery. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're going to be like they're, they'll be like Apple's headphones in that headphones, respect. I would yeah. suspect is that you know you just you can uh, drop them in the case and the right. case will charge the the device and then you charge the case and right. you can do it with a cord or you can do it on one of the little cheap pads or whatever. But yeah, and uh, the the other thing that I do with my uh, my headphones is I stick them in a dry container with a desiccant in it. So that at night, uh, mm-hmm. the uh, from my ear, there's it's a moist environment, and right. so there's some moisture accumulated or collected in the ear set itself, and mm-hmm. that desiccate pulls that out. And you know, I I don't know if they'll go that far, but they should, because if you don't dry them out, then the the uh, device won't last as long. You yeah. Know? So they really encourage you to use that desiccant storage, you know, uh, so that every uh, 24 hours you've got time to dry out the urinates. Yeah. Well, and that makes sense. So, that so, makes perfect anyway, sense. Anyway, uh, it's it's exciting, and uh, I'm just looking forward to some more details. I, I don't know mm-hmm. if it'll really happen in September or October, but sometime this fall. Yeah, that's the thing about rumors, right? Is yeah, it's like it's exciting, it's cool, it seems like it's you know there's been <laughs> enough of enough of a rumor that you're thinking, well, it probably exists, but then you've got to actually see it, right? You know, it's like right. it's still just a rumor, and so yeah, yeah. 
So, so anyway, anyway. Uh, another uh, technology that uh, I've been following quite a bit lately is the progress of uh, various uh, EVs, electronic mm-hmm. vehicles, or electric electrical vehicles i should say electronic mm-hmm. meaning low power <laughs> yeah i was gonna say electronic there's a lot of electronics in all of our vehicles but electric powered vehicles is what you're yeah which has yeah. a whole different battery anyway rivian yeah. has been a leader in the in that industry uh leader yeah. in the sense of uh, i guess the way they do things rather than on the volume because one leader there uh, yeah Tesla yeah well everybody. they were the next name that has managed to stay in business after tesla that has gotten a lot of talk and they've actually physically now are shipping vehicles and but, they're uh, very close to you out there in orange county yeah yeah they're based out of irvine and so uh um but from what i understand uh, if you've ordered a rivian you're basically just sitting on a waiting list because their production volume is still pretty low as they crank them out and so um you know i think you have to give them $1,000, and then you can sit on a waiting list, and eventually they will then call you and say, okay, you've got a truck. Yeah, but in the meantime. Now the it's going to cost you more. That's that's right. And I just knew this was going to happen. Every yeah. time government subsidizes an industry, the industry takes the largest amount of that savings that's supposed to go to the consumer and and grabs it themselves. And that's what's happened to Rivian. They, they had, in this case, a cheaper model, I guess. Yeah, their uh, and, Explorer and that, package was their starter model, and it was $67,500. Was, yeah. we say, because they're not going to sell it anymore. Yeah, so something that is already unaffordable for the majority of our population is now mm-hmm. even less affordable <laughs> yeah, because the price has gone up approximately the amount that the government's supposed to subsidize it. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's just the way it is. Yeah, <laughs> so now the vehicle is $73,000, so it went up, um, <clears throat> what, about $6,500. Yeah, and I think there's a $7,500. Oh, they, yeah, you can credit. get even more expensive ones, but now the now the base model, the cheapest model, is $73,000 instead of 67500 Yeah. And it wasn't because they increased the price of the base model. They just dropped the base model and said, you can't buy that. So now you have to buy the one that has their adventure package. And I don't know what specifically is in the adventure package that was not in the Explorer package. But, uh, you know. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, you know, it just seems uh, happened too, too close to the decision to <laughs> – subsidize these things and and the passing of that bill that that, that funds it uh and boy here they are ready yeah. to take their chunk of it yeah so anyway that well, was the only was, reason for putting this on here is it just i thought it was by. interesting the the article has it says there's two ways to view this move one it's undoubtedly a smart business move from rivian and two the decision's a big middle finger to customers <laughs> 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 and, and i think the two can exist simultaneously yeah. Um, what this does, though, as they point out, is that the uh, recently passed uh, so-called Inflation Reduction Act uh, had a, a um, uh, like a rebate to people buying electric cars. However, that gets capped. Uh, it doesn't. You get zero after you, if if you spend more than eighty thousand dollars on your vehicle. Well, now the the vast majority of Rivians will be over eighty thousand dollars, and you won't be eligible for that. There'll be a few. You'll be able to get this this uh, base model at seventy three, but you add almost anything to it, and it's going to any any options on it, and it's going to go up over that yeah. eighty thousand. Which, well, by the way, I hate to say this, but have you priced uh, you know a Ford F one fifty these days, or a Chevy Silverado, or a Dodge Ram? 
Oh, they everything's are, gone up. They are $80,000 vehicles now. I mean, if, yeah. you know, if, if you can get they, – they have cheaper, you know, fleet versions, but the one that you go find on the lot, you know, those are sixty to $80,000 vehicles easy. Yeah. And and when I say sixty, there aren't that many at the sixty. They're they're expensive vehicles. Well, this is just going to slow the whole economy because they're not going to sell many of those things. Yeah, that's the real problem with our economy. I uh, wish I could say I agree with you, but they've been selling them. That people are you know going in hock to buy a truck. The oh, costs, if it's a business is, expense, costs yeah, a lot you, more than some people's houses used to cost. That, if it's yeah for business expenses, those those will always happen. Because you're, you're, you've got a plan to make a buck using this, this product, you know. But for, for the large majority, the big middle class, that's the ones that are, is always hurt because that's your, that's your big consumer. You know, just a whole lot more middle class than there are others. And, uh, I'm not sure that's actually true anymore. I think there's a lot of kind of lower well, middle class, upper lower class nowadays. Well, you're, that's, that's right. It, it has uh, segmented to yeah. where there's. There's not as many in the middle class, what we used to refer to as the large middle class. Right. You know, and the government hides it by changing what the, you know, they say, well, due to inflation, we've got to change what constitutes middle class. And so they just keep changing it so that, that they hide the fact that, that people it are It gets smaller. It poorer, just gets smaller. You know. Yeah. 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 Your actual buying power as a so-called middle class person has gone down substantially. Yeah. Yeah. Yay, America. Hey. <laughs> anyway, the the next one is kind of complementary, I think, to uh, Apple's uh, ability to uh, take dummies that, that use an AirTag to steal from people to catch them, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so, and anyway, I thought, you know, law enforcement's got to be tuned mm-hmm. into that uh, big time. And so if you if you're going to use these things illegally mm-hmm. it doesn't take long before the uh, uh the police know yeah. where to look and, well, and how to how to use them to, to catch you well absolutely stupid. one of one of the ways that people have been using air tags is as as drop it in your luggage when you travel right you know and there's lots of ways to hide it in the bag so it's not easily seen ha- and however if your luggage does doesn't it. show up you'll find out where your luggage is that's right yeah but but it intentionally you can find a luggage with an air tag in it, mm-hmm. you know, because if it follows you, in other words, you pick up a bag, you're stealing it, right? Mm-hmm. As you walk out, you know that it's got an air tag in it. So, yeah. you know, the the first thing that guy should do would be rifle through the luggage, find the air tag, and throw it away, so he does separates himself from yeah. the air tag. You, know? you would think, <laughs> you would think he would get notified that he's being followed by an air tag, right? And know that because that's part of the way the thing is built. Well, but, but if you don't, are, if they don't have an iPhone, if they're if they're working Android, you know, and, yep. they, and Apple has an app that you can put on an Android phone to tell you if you're being followed by an air tag. But you know, how many people use that? Android, a lot of Android phones don't even get updated to the newest version of the operating system, much less adding in utility. Yeah, maybe they should keep this kind of thing information quiet about these arrests too, uh, for the, from the standpoint of uh, uh, yeah, let let the dummies, you know, get them get caught. Exactly, exactly. It's like let's not advertise this, you know. <laughs> you know, my guess is is that, that the people who are ripping off, you know, luggage are probably not people sitting watching the evening news either. So. 
Yeah. Well, I hope they weren't listening to our tech talk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway. It's like, let's not tip them off. <laughs> yeah. So. Anyway. So. Uh, next article here. Next article. Next Sep- thing up. Apple targets September 7th for iPhone yes. 14 launch. So we're talking, um, you know, about two weeks now. Uh, they'll, yep. uh, that, th- that's several people have said that now, so we'll see if, if that happens, but that, you know, some pr- pretty reliable leakers have come out and said, they think that it's, uh, um, it's going to be September 7th premier among those is Bloomberg's Mark Gurman. Um, and, uh, he's, he's the guy most people depend on, right? He's, he's pretty accurate when this stuff about this stuff. So he's thinking that they will announce it on September 7th and it will be available, Sometime thereafter, usually historically, Apple has shipped the phone like the following week. Um, but on a couple occasions, they've shipped like one of the phones the following week and then another one a little bit later, you know, depending on, and when I say the other one, you know, either by size or by pro versus the standard phone or something. So we'll see what happens this year. You know, Apple has done a pretty good job of dealing with availability of stuff, you know, during a lot of shutdowns, but, uh, Noticeably, some new uh, introductions like the uh, Mac Studio, you know, very quickly slipped from from shipping to like two or three months waiting for it. So, yeah, yeah, that, that's uh, I, I I don't know if that's ever really going to change. Yeah, it's going to take a long time. Let's put it that way. Well, and I and you've got to know that Apple's emphasizing the phone more than the you know the Mac Studio computer, right? Well, desktop computer, yeah, because. Re- because right in here, they they have a pie chart showing the percentage of stuff that's iPhone right now. Fifty two and a half percent. Yeah, is of sales. That's yeah. according to Bloomberg. Anyway, they're they're going to push out their their phones at the at the cost of everything else if they have to. Absolutely. You know? And uh, you know they've uh, the Taiwan Semiconductor is building a factory in Arizona. And they've also, I don't know if it was through Taiwan Semiconductor, but they built a factory in India that is also doing phone assembly. So they're moving it, they're they're distributing their assembly more than they used to be. I know the India one is already online. So, um, you know, not not everything has to go through Shenzhen, China now. And so, you know, that's by design (laughs) And, and will continue, I'm sure they will continue to, to spread their manufacturing around so that um, regional concerns will will be nullified to some extent. Yep. You know, I mean, a worldwide yep. pandemic that's gonna you know that's just gonna have an effect. But uh, but some of the political issues between you know the U.S. and China um, can be can be set aside a little bit by uh, by creating production facilities in other places. Yep. In fact, that's the next article covers that, except it's not for the iPhone, but it's just that mm-hmm. the Vietnam is now becoming a production place for the right. MacBook, finally. Yeah, yeah. Although I, I take a little bit of um, umbrage with their saying it's because it's now more modular and it's easy. There's less pieces. And I'm going, they were going to make it more modular and less pieces in order to make the manufacturing easier and quicker, no matter where they were putting it together. Ab- oh, absolutely. And you can yeah. certainly train people in Vietnam to put together a device that has 13 pieces or 50 pieces. You know, I mean, it's, yeah. it's that, you know, so their, their thought that, oh, well, they've now simplified it so they can go put it in Vietnam, I thought was a little, little um, 
talking down to people, you know? It's like, really? Yeah. Some, somewhere in Apple headquarters, there's a chart that says, here's uh, from the cheapest manufacturing place in the world, going down the list of every country in the world, and mm-hmm. uh, and they're ticking off probably the top 10 at least uh, mm-hmm. to use ASAP yeah. because the politics of the world is getting really unstable right now. Yeah. As a consequence, and- as a consequence, it's already showing up in stock market and stuff. Every every time you have something uh, happening in one of these major countries, mm-hmm. uh, people well, get nervous. You've got you know a six month long war in Europe right now, and that makes people really itchy. And I don't blame them, you know, yep. um, because others who have designs on on violent action say well the world's distracted by that maybe now's the time and and maybe they're not thinking that but you got to assume that they are and be ready for it right yep the um i did say tsmc was tsmc is building a plant in arizona but that's for chip uh, manufacturer the actually assembly i don't know if apple's planning any assembly in the u.s other than i know they did build that assembly plant for the uh, mac pro at one point in time yeah. Um, and I don't know if they've expanded that or what the status of that is, um, but the uh, but they are building assembly plants in other places. Like I said, there's one active in India, and I believe I heard they were doing an assembly plant in Brazil, but I could be mistaken on that one. So, yep. um, but again, you're right. They're looking at what's the cost to build the facility and what's the cost of, to of labor it. to 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 put that you know in in service, and saying, well, where are the cheapest places we can do that and uh, and can we put some, you know, put some distance between them, right? I mean, you, we, you know, they they do, you know, they can do work and they do buy products from companies in Korea, but Korea is right in the area of China's activity, and so they're thinking, well, maybe we want to put a little bit more geography between our other our our backup plant uh, and the primary plant, right? So let's get out of of uh, you know Southeast Asia and and move move somewhere else. How about another continent? Let's go to South America. (laughs) (laughs) What's the cheapest place we can put something together that's also fairly stable because there's some unstable countries. Although recently South America has been pretty, pretty solid. I mean, there's, you know, although I I saw one of those uh, travel shows going through there and there were places where they said it's, you know, there's too much uh, drug violence. And so, you know, this area we can't go through. You need to get on an airplane and fly around. You know, don't do not drive through this area. Yeah, well, is, South America has had a number of mm-hmm. countries that have been problematic over a long period of time. Yeah, well, and, never, and sections of Mexico aren't safe to these day, these days either. So, yep. You know, I mean, let's face it: there are areas in LA I don't think I'd want to drive through after dark. You know, and um, and and come to think of it, the U.S. is probably on that problematic list also. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what I said. You know? There are certainly places in L.A. or even in, in you know, out uh, in the suburbs from where I live that I, I wouldn't want to be wandering around, in the, especially at night. You know, it's like that's not a safe area to be. Yep. You know, yep. if you're that's, there, you're generally up to no good. So you don't want to be right. there. That's right. So. Yeah. Um, but uh, so you have an article here that says nearly half of Android users consider switching to iPhone over security and privacy concerns. I was shocked by that. Yeah, I'm questioning the source because I know some Android users. I know some people who left Apple for Android for specific reasons, and I thought their reasons were valid. You know, um, I have myself 
gone and I, I went and bought a Google Pixel. Oop, are you there? Yeah, I'm oh, here. Okay, it kind of booped and you dropped out for a second. It said, but hey, we're back. Um, I bought I bought a Google Pixel phone and 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 used it with a um, with a, um, uh, a a Samsung watch for a month, and this was a year and a half ago, something like that. Uh, yeah. Maybe maybe two years ago. Um, I don't know. You know, with the the uh, COVID gap, it's hard to remember exactly how long ago. So I guess it was pre-COVID, so it's probably been more like three years now. But anyway, I used it for a month. I used the Google Pixel, and I used the thing, and I was able to download virtually every app that I use uh, from the Google Play Store. So I didn't, you know, or, or if I couldn't find the exact app, I found a good enough proxy, you know, that was in the Google sphere instead of in the Apple sphere. And I used it for a month, and it was fine. Um, my biggest complaint was it took me almost a month to get used to typing on their keyboard. Their keyboard to me was significantly worse and I tried downloading a few other keyboards and they just weren't any better for whatever reason. Apple has that down really, really well. Um, and it was, I was surprised that that was the biggest irritation to me was that trying to type on their keyboard was, was the biggest pain to me. Um, but, uh, but you know, in the long run, I just felt like the, the, Apple sphere of stuff, and I say that because it's not just the devices, but all their services and how everything integrates and works together, and auto backs up, and and uh, you know I don't have to be responsible for for managing a lot of things. It's just handled with Apple. I preferred, so I switched back. Um, you know, but I I gave it a month. I gave it a try, and then I uh, sold that Google device to somebody who had been on Apple but wanted to switch to Google because they, through their employer, were re- required to use. Uh, all of the Google uh, Office software, yeah, and it was integrated into the Google operating system better, and and she just felt that's what she wanted, and so I sold it to her. And when that devi- device eventually took a swim in the Pacific Ocean, she replaced it with another Google Pixel. So yeah, well, it, within this article, there's a comparison of Apple uh, Cloud uh, and Google Password Manager. Uh, user feelings about using them as well as uh, mm-hmm. Google Cloud and or Google Drive and, and Apple iCloud, which mm-hmm. is fundamentally the same. And they're comparable. Now, they since they deal in percentages here, uh, I, I really don't know if uh, what percentage of total users right now are Apple versus Android. Do mm-hmm. you have any idea? Uh, well, it depends on where you're at. Worldwide, Apple is sitting at about uh, a little over a quarter. 27% or something like that. And, and that's kind of what I figured. And, but in the U.S., Apple is significantly higher. And if you target, like, uh, people under the age of 20, it's like 80% Apple. Yeah. So uh, so then are we to take this article in terms of uh, just U.S. stuff, I wonder? Yeah, I don't know. What is it? I don't see where it tells you. See, that's the problem. When you start publishing statistics and stuff, you really need to give a lot of detail about, you know, what you really, what you really ask, like how you ask or how you frame a question, you know, I mean, here okay. they're saying, you know, how secure do you feel using the following? Is that the actual question oh, that was oh. framed? Okay. Here, here it is. It says, uh, beyond identity, did the survey of, they interviewed a thousand and three Americans. So it's an American statistic. Okay. All right. Well, and there is a oh. link to read the full study. So you can go click yeah. that full study, and it'll take you to buy beyondidentity.com 
and uh, and so, information on it. Of course, I'm doing that, and it's not loading the page, so who knows? Yeah, but anyway, uh, the one big statement in here is since newly released operating systems come with improved security features, mm-hmm. the survey shows 33% of Android users are considering switching to the iPhone due to the launch of iOS 16 next month. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if that's that's so uh, the perception is is that a, iOS 16 is going to be more secure than iOS 15 was, and so now they're going to make the change. Apparently, apparently mm. they think it's a milestone. Okay, so somebody's reading something. I don't uh, know that uh, you know. I yes, haven't read. I, I will tell you. Yesterday, I saw my first ever Google commercial on television that pitched Google security and how good Google security was, and how they've managed millions of users and and keep you safe. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. I'd never seen Google put out uh, uh, an ad like that. Yeah. Um, well, they probably had to get into the business because they were of things mm-hmm. like this survey that people don't feel secure. Yeah. And, you know, you got to have the company behind you or that you that you use saying right. that they're doing the right things, you know. You know, Google's in the consortium that is doing pass keys, which is something and maybe that's the thing that people are seeing because that will be the first uh, the first operating system that will support that is iOS 16. And so instead of passwords, they will have pass keys. I mean, passwords will still be there. You can still use them and it'll still manage them. But sites that, that support pass keys uh, will basically, you don't have to remember or keep anything. It'll all be biometric and it'll automatically be handled by your device and your browser. So, and maybe that's yeah. what people are hearing and seeing, and that's what maybe is making them think iOS 16 is where they want to go because pass keys is going to be a big deal. And they yeah, got, but and I thought Apple's the first thought, one out. I thought that that's where they're all headed, including Apple. They literally are all headed that way. It's it the 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 pass key is a consortium that includes Apple, Google, Facebook, Microsoft. You know, oh. everybody's going that way. But Apple's the first one out the door with an operating system that will support it and a browser that's going to support it. So, Okay, because there's a banner here on this page, too. It says, forget about forgetting passwords, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, I think, well, they, I was trying to figure out why suddenly people would think that now is the time that Apple is better on security than Google. And that's the only thing I could think of was is that there, there has been a lot of talk about the fact that pass keys is where we're all going and that Apple's going to be the first one out with a system that supports pass keys. So that's probably why it's based on. Okay. Right. So I can see people hearing that and saying, Hey, that's better. I should just go to that. And, uh, you know, Apple's not generally known for being the first out the gate with things, uh, with a lot of things, but, uh, this might be a good one for them to do that for that very reason. So, yep. yeah, I, you know, I, I don't know about you, <laughs> as much as I, I like and, and, and live in the Apple ecosystem, uh, recently, my a lot of my Apple devices have been just maddeningly flaky. Um, you know, just, just, I mean, like Apple TVs that, like, the remote just doesn't seem to want to control them, and I've had to unplug it and plug it back in. And I have more than one Apple TV, and I've had multiple ones have the problem. Um you know, and it's it's been weird. You know, I mean, I don't remember huh. ever having to reboot an Apple TV in order to get it to work, but I've had to well, fun- now <laughs> a couple Funny times. Funny you say that, but I have done more reboots of my iPod and my iPhone right. than I have in a long time. It's just, you know, and I think it's just a recent uh, yeah people who releases or something that they did that screwed it up. 
Yeah, I don't know if it's the most recent releases. You know, they just did a bug fix out this last week, and they said it's urgent. You know, there is a, yeah. a in the wild known, uh, you know, issue with with the thing we're patching that people are taking advantage of. So you should quickly upgrade. And you know, usually those kind of patches are pretty minor, and they don't usually do much. But I yeah. I think some of my issues have predated predated that. So it might have been the previous upgrade that was causing some issues. Um, but they're just, you know, just weird, like, laggy things hanging up, things not working, not recognizing my finger as I'm moving it across the screen. You know, and the reboot seems to fix it, but uh-huh. then it seems to have problems again later. It's not like it's a permanent fix. And so I've been, same thing, you know, a little bit with my iPad, uh, the real noticeable with the Apple TVs. Um, I put the public beta of iOS 16 on my phone, so I've had a lot of issues with that in the same kind of arena. But that is a beta, so I'm not going to complain about that. You know, that's that's yeah, that's fair game. But the other devices have been wonky, and part of me in the back of my mind was thinking, well, you know, because I'm using a beta on that, and it's logged into my uh, Apple account and it's on my network is it causing problems on the other devices, you know, <laughs> it, you know, <laughs> by using the newer version of home kit, is it messing up home kit for everything else? I'm, you know, and that has crossed my mind. Um, and in fact, I actually sat down on Saturday, I think it was to just restore a backup and get off the beta. And I went through the whole process, booted the whole phone up and I restored back to the beta again. And I'm not sure how I did that because I've only done one backup to my to my desktop computer. I literally did it physically to the you know not just the air the, the cloud. I did a backup to my physical computer, and when I restored from it, I still had iOS 16 instead of iOS 15.6. So, um, yeah. So I'm I'm hoping that uh, you know this that I can just chug through two more weeks and then it'll be released and I'll get off this stupid beta. Um, but we'll see. Yeah. So anyway, uh, an, another reason for uh, putting this article up is uh, a comment. I don't know how valid it is, but he said that Craig Federici acknowledged that Apple only has malware data collection tools for the Mac, not for iOS. Hmm. Uh, and that was at apparently during the Epic versus Apple trial. Right. That was part of his testimony, uh, and that's uh, kind of concerning. Unless they really feel that iOS security is vastly better than the Mac, coming along later, it very well could have been. Oh, I but think they do the because you can't load software from a third party that they feel like yeah. the, I, the iOS and iPadOS is much tighter. So, But still, uh, does that justify not collect having collection because, you know, not mm-hmm. knowing is not made more secure. <laughs> yeah. I, I would not read a whole lot into that. I would maybe, you know, he, he may be playing with words there. They may not call it that, you know, they call it something else. And so he's saying, yeah, we don't do that, you know, <laughs> but, you know, yeah. there's like a nod and a wink in there somewhere that he just doesn't want to tell them what they do do because that, you know, telling people how you manage your security issues also gives them information about how to avoid them, right? You know, yeah. you know, speaking of the problems with the beta, too, that concerns me. I said the same kind of thing. I was a little concerned when I said, hmm, if they're going to announce this as a live product in uh, two weeks, uh, it's not very stable right now <laughs> from my perspective. You know, if, uh, uh, what, what are you talking about? Uh, iOS 16. You know, I'm running the public beta oh. and I'm going, 
This is public beta number three, and they're on you know developer beta five or six. But you know they, they yeah. And I'm like, wow. If this is the the state of the operating system right now, I don't think it's ready to go in two weeks. But maybe maybe I'm mistaken. But right now, I'm not overly thrilled with the stability of my device. Well, they've been doing this for a long time, so. Yeah, they have. But then I've also had. I remember with the iPhone four. Uh, when it first came out, it was pretty wonky, and they, you know, there were several software patches that made the released software better within a few days or within a few weeks. But initially, I didn't feel it was particularly secure either or stable. Well, it, it's always uh, a, a good conservative position to not download it the first day it's available. I mean, right. you know, give it a week, week or something to find out if. The whole thing's going to trash your system or something. Yeah, yeah. They they very often have put out a point one within a couple of weeks. Uh, I shouldn't say very often, but they've done it. Um, you know, um, you know, and they've also gone and said, "Okay, here's the stuff we said was going to be in this operating system when we announced it, and yep. when we release it, they're not all going to be there. And then we'll release the additional features, you know, a piece at a time right. as we get that right. working better." And and I totally respect that. And and yeah. you know and and that could be the case too. You know the beta they've got all this stuff in it, but when it actually gets released, they may pull some of it back and say, you know, that'll come in point one or point two. Well, you know, uh, remember the back in the day, you would never up ever consider upgrading anything uh, or operating system uh, mm -hmm. uh, unless you had a complete backup. Uh, right. That was step one. You know. Yeah. Which I and did. I, and and I did that for years, and I don't remember when I quit. Yeah. But I got to the point where, you know. Yeah. Well, with my phone in particular, it's set to auto backup, and so I check. You can go check see when the last backup was, and it pretty much happens every night. It it does an incremental backup. So yeah. You know, I mean, I feel fairly secure that I can always reset to wherever I was last night. Um, you know, if I need to, but. Uh, yeah, it's it's uh, you know I remember back when I was using um, uh, you know Windows computers and the the rule of thumb was wait for the third version <laughs> you know don't ever yeah. wait well, till they I, got to some, you know Windows three was when Windows was worth upgrading to and then you know well I I just prioritize my devices my my phone is of least value to me compared to the iPad right so uh, I'll upgrade the phone. And then wait a while and see if things go okay there, and then yeah. assume that that'll carry over uh, to the iPad because mm -hmm. fundamentally it's uh, yeah they've changed the name, but similar, they're, yeah their 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 core code is the same stuff, right? Right. There are some features and stuff that take advantage of the bigger windows on the iPad, but uh, and, and I've read I don't have uh, a beta of the iPad operating system running anywhere, but I've read that the um, the uh, stage manager software that the the new sort of interface for flipping between uh apps is still having some issues too in the beta software so um, yeah. we'll see how that fleshes out whether I mean, that'll be in the first release or whether they hold it back yeah i i, I even in in my mind sort of prioritize the functions in the iphone uh on normal day-to-day uh, -day things uh, all i care about is the dang phone uh i mean i'll use the navigation thing if i'm going to be out on the road in strange territory which 
at my age is getting to be rarer all the time. Right. Uh, and, and the only other device that's really important on the phone has always been the camera. And I got to a, a level there where uh, the camera on the iPhone got to where I, I don't care if they improve it anymore, although that seems to be all the major or the majority of the improvements on this new model that uh, we discussed a minute ago mm-hmm. uh, is going to have. You know, it says, the, it says the, in the review article, the majority of the upgrades are, are camera features. Yeah. So, well, I think know. there's more than that, but it's what the reviewers, you know, that's the, the headline features, right? Those are the things people like yeah. to talk about. I will say I have said that to myself a couple times, but you know there are still aspects of the and, and I'll admit I'm a little more critical of photo stuff because I've taught photography and I you know I'm a a, a, a high end amateur photographer I guess is what I would describe myself since I don't do it professionally but um, uh, and so I'm critical of some of the things that the iPhone does and has done and I have. Granted, I've got an iPhone 11 Pro, so mine is now, what, three years old. Um, but I thought that was a big step up from the iPhone 7, which is what I had before it. And I loved the iPhone 7. Uh, you know, it's areas, you know, like indoor in dark light, um, getting better contrast, more HDR, um, getting more detail in people with darker skin tones, things like that, that it just does... They really have gotten a lot better in that area, you know. Yeah. The the AI that they're using is is just continues to get better, and so you know, but it's obviously as I said, my phone is three years old. It's not so much better that it's driven me to buy a new phone every year. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. All, all of this is getting stretched out. You know, uh, they'll always be able to. And, and it'll be necessary for the companies to do something, or, or there's no reason to upgrade, right? <laughs> right. I mean, they've got to keep making money if they don't, yeah. at least advertise something. Yeah. But well, I think and it's... you know, they change the physical look of the device every so often too, because they'll get a certain number of people who see the style, and they don't want to ha- be seen walking around with an old style phone, you know. So it's a fashion <laughs> thing. Right. Uh, I'm I'm thinking that uh, probably the next thing that they come out with might be a flip thing so they got a bigger screen when you need it you know possibly uh, but but i mean i i don't even know if that matters to me <laughs> you know, I, yeah i always ask myself you know yeah well i know you've kind of been uh intrigued by the flip phones that you see that like samsung makes and stuff well it's because it's my smaller. eyes I, I i can't read much on the phone anymore i have right. to turn it sideways and it's not wide enough to really read more than a couple lines you know you got to sit there with your finger and Mm-hmm. Keep sliding it up. Yeah. Uh, so, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So then, it, you know, as as a device for for taking in information, it's pretty limited for you. So, but it's it's still a a communicator and a camera, basically. Yep. Yeah. Well, and, and it it's amazing what they've done with cameras. But then, like you said, you know, there'll always be nits that they can tweak there because it's mm-hmm. such a complex set of software. Yeah, they're getting better and better, but but the question is 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 good good enough? You know, yep. at some point you go, eh, you know, and so I mean, my I I have not like when I went to the iPhone 11, I didn't upgrade for features. I I upgraded for um, uh, 
Well, I take that back. It was the first one that I had that went to the Face ID instead of the Touch ID, and I and I had tried that on an iPad Pro and really liked it. So I had an iPad Pro that had Face ID, and I was like, okay, that's that's a nice change. Yeah. Um, and the interface had changed a little bit because of that, because it didn't have a button anymore, and so I liked the more modern interface. But um, but a lot of it was just, you know, I mean, the last phone I had was a 7, and now, now you know, it was the 11. The other one was getting old and wasn't holding a charge as well. Um, you know, so I pushed that one down to a daughter uh, who needed a new phone, and I think she ended up replacing the battery in it. It lasted another, well, up until just this last year. She then upgraded. Yeah. Speak, speaking of quality pictures, just this weekend on one of the TV shows, I saw a comparison of Hubble photography uh, pictures of the galaxies mm-hmm. versus the new. Uh, now, are uh, you Hubble. sure that you weren't looking at a piece of sausage? <laughs> <laughs> I remember that one, Todd. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty darn no, the, funny. No, this, the, this is a picture that we had seen before. But the uh-huh. quality of the picture was what they were right. showing, why yeah, they so showed the two side by side. The new telescope. Yeah, and yeah. the new telescope has this uh, this much, you know, it's all like everything else. The, all the photography and lenses and all the other stuff is just better. And uh, so it was, it was really impressive, really impressive. You know, and even the stuff that they go when they send uh, uh, voyagers or whatever you call them to other planets – I was looking at some Mars pictures the other day that are just just amazing, you know. Mm-hmm. And and I look back not that many years when the early first moon lander, you know, and they took some grainy old pictures that you could hardly see anything on for you know. Right. It was just such a such a contrast what that we've made because you know all the requirements for sending something up in space in terms of weight and and uh, what you can include on the particular launch uh right uh, has has allowed us to uh, improve this tremendously uh, right yeah just, well i mean it's it's hubble versus the james webb uh telescope and it's that's the one james yeah. webb yeah. yeah and james one thing is james webb is I- infrared images whereas hubble was visible light so so that's also going to change what you see but yep. the webb telescope is like literally 10 times the size in terms of the amount of area on the on the mirror that reflects back to the sensors so yep. it's uh uh yeah in fact they're saying well, more than 15 times the area and well, in so fact, it's pretty that's, significant that's such a that was such an important feature that they actually demonstrated how that uh, that uh, reflector folds out from a small right. space to 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 do its job and yeah it's made and, of uh, like uh, a little uh hex hexagram pieces right that's impressive. Really a nice, nice uh, program to watch. If you didn't yeah. see it, you might go back and yeah. see if you can find it on the web. But anyway, uh, I yeah. really enjoyed that. I, th- I thought that you had uh, uh-huh. maybe seen it. You know, I have not seen a show on it, but I've read about it. And like you know, I mean, there's other things that are like the 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 Hubble telescope is what 570 kilometers from the surface of the Earth. And the yeah. Webb telescope is 1.5 million kilometers. It's out past the, the well past the moon, so it sits out uh-huh. a lot further. So there's less um, uh, contamination con- contamination of light and and other stuff that come from you know reflecting off the Earth. So it's yep. out it's out for there's just a whole lot that we learned from the first one to say hey, you know, or from Hubble that we said let what can we do to make this next one that we're going to put out there 
even better at uh, yeah this guy they interviewed was just really proud of the team and what they'd achieved because it should be it was just should be. it was just ob- observably yeah you know phenomenal yeah you know? well i remember when it first launched there was a thing on on one of the shows where they showed a, a an animation and this was probably in the show you were watching an animation of how the how the um, mirror unfolds like they launch it out there and then the whole thing has to set itself up you know and it's right literally a million and a half kilometers away and it's out there setting itself up to like you know unfolding like an origami to, but, to... yeah the, the the other one uh, on I think it was a part of that same show was how they actually uh, uh, fixed a problem they hadn't anticipated where it got some rocks. Yeah, well, they knew there uh, was the going to be they knew there was going to be some problems with space debris because there were just there's stuff out in space, right? I mean, it's mostly empty space, but there's still no, rocks no, this, and this, dirt. No, this was while the the thing was sitting on the surface, and they were going through a maneuver to select to put to actually store the little uh uh sitting on the surface of what of mars i think it's not on mars well anyway i i don't recall okay where, where so it was maybe now. it was it's parked in its spot which is an l2 point which means that it orbits the sun at the same speed and location it stays fixed in a fixed point in relation to the earth basically it, it wasn't the moon so it was on some planet it's never and, been on a planet other than Earth. And it what hasn't? The James Webb Space Telescope. Oh, I'm not that's I, I I'm not talking about that now. Oh, I you've switched, changed okay, switched I on you. I missed that I, completely. Oh, well anyway, there was another segment that had uh-huh. had some other really fascination of the adventures in space where something unpredictable had happened because they had these core samples. That was the word. I was okay, that's the rover that's on Mars right now. Yeah, the most okay. recent rover and, that was and, sent to Mars. And, and while they're trying to store the cores, the equipment jammed, and then they happened to have a camera that they could get to take a look at this thing and found out what the problem was, is that the cores weren't stable enough, and some of them, when they went to put them in the little vial, had broken off and landed on the equipment and, and caused it to jam up. Yeah, it and was so, like trying so, to get a core from um, from sand. It was it was not yeah, solid some material. Di- different, a whole bunch of different places. So there were right. different uh, kinds of material that they sure. were interested in. And anyway, it was a really fascinating story how they could mm-hmm. they had to, they parked this thing on a slope that was kind of hazardous, but <laughs> tried to not be too hazardous and lose their whole. Uh, ship you know right this is the perseverance uh, the, rover that's up there right now that you're yeah, talking the about. rover uh and uh or is it the anyway, curiosity and, i'm not sure and, which and, and, yeah and then the, the, that little uh remote uh helicopter that they fly uh basically helped them plot how to run this thing uh, uh perseverance over to a, another part of the the landscape mm-hmm. and in the process of going over there the rocks actually shook out of the area uh-huh. that was causing the problem let's bounce it around a little bit and see what happens <laughs> yeah yeah it was it was a really interesting story uh and how they achieved that and they have continued on to gather these cores and now they're cautious about the core samples and trying yeah. to figure out you know right but anyway they'll probably would design it differently knowing that they're being more aware that those right. core samples aren't necessarily nice, solid pieces, you know? Mm-hmm. 
anyway, it was, uh, I, I love shows like that that are technical challenges. You know, you mm -hmm. could lose the whole thing here because yeah. of a few little rocks that you, yeah. you know, in well, a normal environment, you'd send somebody out there and pick those up and get them off of there. <laughs> yeah. So from what I'm hearing, I'm from what I'm reading here is that the, uh, Rover encountered some, uh, bits of debris from entry, descent and landing system that delivered it safely to the surface in 2021. It, it identified it a shredded piece of netting and part of a thermal blanket that were stuck in the gearing. And uh, and then they got it out pretty much the way you said, uh, in addition ah. to some debris that came from the core sampling system. This is um, Perseverance yeah. Rover. Okay, well, that that was a different story than what I mm -hmm. heard on the show yesterday or yeah. whatever. Yeah, got a piece of string or thread stuck in the equipment it uses to collect rock samples. <laughs> and that was in the news on the 19th of August, so... Yeah. Oh, that that re that was recent, huh? Yeah, yeah, mm. it just happened. So, well, they um, didn't have time to put that show together yet, but they just covered a, a similar one. Yeah, well, it just shows you it's you know you, when you're that far away and you're doing everything remotely, all kinds of stuff can go on wrong, right? So, yeah, so you you put your heads together and you figure it out. Yep, and and I remember some of those challenges back when you had. People on board, you know, people's lives were at risk when things mm -hmm. happened and went wrong. You know, like, was it Apollo 11 or 13, 13. that they made the movie out of? 13. 13, yeah. Yeah. They made the movie out of that because that was pretty, you know. Yeah. The famous hey, line, Houston, Houston, Houston we have a problem. A problem. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, that's the famous line. Yeah. Yeah. So. So anyway. Apple has extended their self-service repair program to uh, MacBooks now, or at least the M1 MacBooks. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny because they they didn't do it and people complained and then they did it and people complained because it was there was so much stuff being shipped to them, these big kits instead of some little easy fix kit, you know, and Apple's like, well, this is the way we fix it. That's why we do a better job than than buying something from iFixit is because we have these big kits and these special devices to take things apart carefully. If you don't well, like the way we do it, <laughs> quit complaining. <yeah. laughs> well, uh, I'm sure this is a, a limited service uh, thing, you know, like what's the probability of things that'll fail? Well, it's the manic mechanical things first, like, you know, if your keyboard wears out or a cap comes off. Yeah, the hinge uh, at the back. You know, some, I've, I've had some laptops where the hinge eventually gets very loose and, yeah. and so, floppy. So, you know, you allow people to service those kinds of things, but there's certain parts of the thing where you don't open it up because you'll just screw it up, you know. There's no way to yeah. make it really user-serviceable. Yeah. Well, this is the result of them, you know, losing some right-to-repair uh, cases and lots of people complaining like, hey, I live in, you know, someplace in Wyoming and the nearest Apple store is an eight-hour drive. I, you know, yeah. I, not that I want to do the fixes myself, but I, it's not practical for me to be able to get in a car and go, you know, take my yeah. stuff somewhere and then go pick it up a week later, you know. Yeah, but but just to, just to make the, the complainers happy, they'll, it's serviceable in some aspects. You know? Right, right. Yeah, they'll never never satisfy their complainers, but right. they'll do it just for publicity. Well, and as we previously said too, the newer designs are much more modular. There's less pieces in there. I mean, you don't. It's not like you're you know soldering right. something onto a board. You just take the board out and stick the new board in. So, yep. um, it's you know it's yeah. Don't get your soldering iron out yet. 
<laughs> yeah, you know. And I mean, I know it's something you haven't probably done in a while, and I honestly haven't done it in a while, but I have, you know, regularly opened up devices and made changes and added memory chips and replaced hard drives. And, you know, I've been doing that for years, and I've continued to do it with Macs as needed. You know, if they're under service, if they're still under warranty, shoot, I'll take it back in for that. But if they're not under warranty, I have no fear of going in and working on my device. That's something that I can and have done many a time, yep. you know. Um, but there were certain parts and pieces that previously were not available to replace. So if that died, you had to buy a new device. And Apple is now making virtually everything in there available if you want to pay the money to replace it, you know. Yeah. Um, that said... You know, I can take it down to an Apple store and, and I, you know, I, I was also, I said, you know, you don't want to drive eight hours, but they've also got a pretty good service where they'll send you a box. You put your thing in the special box so it's well protected and it goes off to Apple and then it comes back in the mail. The question yep. is, is, you know, if you're using that as your livelihood, if you need that device, you may not be willing to be without it for a week to 10 days, you know, yep. so this puts well, it on you, I guess, if that's an option. You, it just, it's an option. It's there now for those who want to take it, right? Well, you know, it seems to me that there, there should be a way where uh, it's, your whole system is backed up so that you could, you could push a button, basically clear the device, go in and uh, uh, exchange it for another device and come back and push the button and it downloads the backed up stuff and you're back in business and do it within, you know, uh, an hour. Well, maybe it's, at most. a lot of it's going to depend on how fast your internet connection is. Um, yeah. It ain't happen an hour at my house, but, um, but the, you know, and, and that already exists for iOS, uh, and iPad OS because they have iCloud backup and they do that. That's something they've not expanded to the Mac and I'm not quite sure why. You know, uh, why is, you know, cause there is time machine, but you have to give it a physical location, you know, to store to where you're at. Yep. Um, you know, and I've got a drive, basically a network drive that I do time machine backups to here at my house. But, you know, I would just as soon pay for a service and have it backed up in the cloud through Apple. And I don't have to think about it just like my phone. Exactly. That, that's why I really don't like computers anymore. They're, they had all of those mm. kinds of things for flexibility reasons that mm. I have no need for that anymore. Right. And, uh, what, you know. Yeah. I mean, you think about it between an iPad and a Mac, um, you know, or like a MacBook, the, you get the iPad with the keyboard and stuff, and they're really about the same price. They, you can get screens that pretty much are the same size. You know, yep. you have to learn to do things differently on an iPad than the way you do them on a Mac, but they could do almost all the same things uh, for the vast majority of people. Um, there's still some yep. things that I can't do on my iPad that I do on a Mac. Um, you know, like one in particular is podcasting. It doesn't work very well on the iPad thus far. doesn't mean it won't at some point. But yep. you know, because of the way they silo apps, you can't run one app to record audio while another app is managing the connection and stuff. So somebody has to make an app that just sort of does it all for you, um, you know. But uh, yeah. but you you know you have the advantage of the security of having all your apps come from an app store, of having your um, uh, system completely backed up to the cloud. So if something happens, you just yep. log into a new system and download your profile, and you're rocking and rolling. Yep. Yeah, I, I think that's a uh... 
That's a major step forward. Yeah. Yeah. There's some real advantages to it. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, you, you, you've said you basically don't use the Mac anymore. Um, I use it for the specific things, you know, like doing this podcast and other podcasts that I do. And, um, but, uh, for the most part, you know, day to day, my iPad is my number one, like input reading device. You know, have, have you have you looked at uh, out there to see if there's any other support apps for doing podcasts and stuff? You know, I, I look every once in a while. I've not found anything that gives me an integrated solution that works the way I want it to. There are some yeah. services that you can buy that are web based, but I don't like the idea of all of my stuff being reliant on somebody's service that can go out of business or go away. I want it to be. I want to manage my my files and stuff more directly on my own device, and mm-hmm. so um, you know. I mean, I find, there are options. It's not like I can't do it there. Yeah. I can do it on an iPad. Yeah, I finally switched my newsletter publication, which I've been doing for several years, uh, over to my iPad, mm-hmm. just because I, I just wanted to get it off the uh, my machine. Because mm-hmm. the first problem is that I don't use the uh, computer often enough that by the time I finally come back to it, the battery's usually dead, so i got to wait for it to get charged up. Right. You know? And even with it completely down, there's still some trickle out of the batteries. I can, you know, I don't know how long it really lasts because right. whatever time I, it is, you know, I've, I've found it dead or nearly dead. Right. And that's you don't just leave not it, good You don't just it. leave it plugged in because then it'll... It, no, it, that, that'll kill the battery faster than anything. No, they've, they've got the controllers in there now basically don't let it... I mean, they they babysit the battery it's like putting a, a trickle charger on your car battery when you're not driving it they'll take care of it they don't like fully charge it and then you know they'll they'll actually cycle it and stuff while you're there yeah well so, i haven't done that because i don't really have a place over on my because there's my even sofa. people that's why they're telling people like you can use a macbook as a as a desktop you know and you just plug it in and leave it plugged in it's it'll be fine yeah yeah well, maybe I should. I don't know. The, the, that battery is about dead anyway. It needs to be replaced. It's told right. me several times, and I keep ignoring mm-hmm. it because, well, why am I? Why do yeah. I want to spend money? Well, on probably because you let it go dead all the time, and then charge it only when you want to use it. That's why. You're <laughs> if you left it plugged in, your battery'd be fine. No, I'm maybe teasing. So. I don't know, but uh, <laughs> I do know that they've got you know some smarts in that now, so that you they they tell you the best thing to do is just leave it plugged in. That way, it's ready to go. Yeah. So. Now, what year was yours? I don't know if they had that smarts in there then, but probably. Uh, been, I don't know. It was the first MacBook. They've been uh, dealing with little, uh, batteries for a while. Was that like 2015, something like that? Probably somewhere around yeah. there. Yeah, well, probably at seven or eight years old now. You probably you probably do need a new battery. but Yeah. But my, my, my iPad's also getting bad, too. So, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to be forced to... Th- replace the ipad at some point and that i'll do yeah i'm just look looking for you know when i really have to do it and, if you're you going to get a new that. computer maybe you should get a quantum computer fujitsu oh, yeah. going to start saw, selling them that's that's right well they've been actually that's not quite that's fujitsu going to start selling them, but right. ibm has been selling them some for some time right uh and uh anyway i i uh I'm not sure why Fujitsu is getting in the business now, yeah. but uh, nevertheless. And these are obviously not computers that Joe Blow buys to sit on his desktop at home. 
I think I think it's because with uh, uh, the business of uh, AI mm-hmm. that they're finding a lot of problems that just take too long. Right. And so that that there's more applications. It it all started back with meteorology. I think that was the first quantum mm-hmm. computer from out from IBM mm-hmm. because there was a just things that. Uh, require a different approach than the standard computers running at the highest speeds you can go, from which they're generally referred to as supercomputers. Right. The difference is that supercomputer is a classic computer clocked at the highest speed you can clock it at, whereas a quantum computer is mostly a refrigerator uh, to keep these uh, little chips, uh, uh, which uh, at a nearly a absolute zero temperature, in order to to perform, and they're built uh, architecturally much different using uh, quantum theory. Right. And I, I don't want to go into explaining that because I don't know enough to really be an educator in that, but that's where it gets its name. Right. Uh, but it's a, uh, uh, a different architecture for the computer that, that right. allows you to deal with more complex problems. Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, the big the big thing is that uh, 99 percent of the size of the computer is, has to do with refrigeration. Yeah, it's all <laughs> cool. Yeah, well, that's because in order to function, they need to be at or near uh, absolute zero, right? In order to get right. the, the superconductors working at the speeds that they need them to work. And uh, yeah, so it's a big refrigerator. In fact, the picture they show on this one of the Fujitsu, it looks like a big uh oil barrel basically it's a big tube uh yeah uh with pipes and stuff coming out of it so yeah it's not something going to be sitting on your desktop anytime soon let's put it that way so yeah. um and you know they talk about like our current computers are all 64 bit computers well uh the equivalent is a qubit on a quantum computer it's a quantum bit and uh this one is a 64 bit quantum computer that Fujitsu is selling uh, apparently, uh, Google uh, in 2019 showed a, a 53 qubit computer, and uh, IBM has shown, or their current quantum computer in 2021 was at 127 qubits. Um, you know, so it's just more data can be pumped through with more qubits. Fujitsu yeah. says that by March of, oddly enough, March, not just sometime in 20, but specifically in March of 2027, they expect to have an over 1,000 qubit computer. So. Uh. So that that world is expanding and changing pretty significantly. Uh, it, it would take a little while to research to go see who all is in that business and why and, how, mm-hmm. and what difference or what they're going to con- think they're going to contribute to the quantum computing arena. Yeah. Uh, but I suspect that they can uh, do different things architecturally than the current existing systems. Yeah. In order to address a different class of problems, because what you're getting into here is some very specific kinds of complex, complex problems. And those mm-hmm. problems themselves are broken up into a bunch of criteria that demand certain resources. Yeah. And uh, that's where the different models or makes of uh, sure. quantum computers. Yeah, these are more, more um, uh, uh, specifically designed for certain problem types than a general computing device that we think of as a computer today. Right. Um, but it's also interesting to think of that, you know, that, you know, these are very expensive things to do. So, you know, there are state players that are involved in a lot of this development and that then concerns a lot of people in security because a lot of things that we've relied on 
you know, through cryptography and stuff are starting to become less secure as these devices become more prevalent because they can solve those problems quicker. Um, and so that's why I think you're starting to see things like passcodes or pass keys become a thing because that's not just uh, relying on encryption, but also procedural. It's, you know, this hands off to that and this is kept secret from the public. You know, there's a public and private key. And so yep. it makes it much more difficult to, uh, to even if you've got super computing capability, to break into people's passwords. Yeah, what so. I might say about security is, is that you never assume, uh, and in fact, you, de- uh, you absolutely do not believe if you're in security that anything is, can be made absolutely secure. Right. The, the security system is nothing but a delay device. And right. That delay, and that delay is based on computational speeds to, uh, to break down what that codes were. Because they can try every possible code uh, mm-hmm. in less time if they run faster, you know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, and that's also why you know some some places have things where it's like after like X number of fails with passwords, yeah. then it just locks itself and says you can't get in, or it starts giving you delays, saying, "Well, you failed you failed ten times to get in, so now your next try can't happen for five minutes." And if you fail right. at that one, then you can't try for 20 minutes. And after that one, you can't try for a day, you know? And yep. so it, it, there, you know, there's all kinds of things to extend the delay and slow down the, the attempt Break to the hacking. Yeah, exactly. And so procedure then, that's what I was referring to when I say procedurally, there's things that you can do. Um, since, since just the fact that something's encrypted, isn't necessarily going to slow people down anymore as they've got computers that are. Uh, powerful enough and fast enough to uh, to break the encryption. Well, and the other thing is that there are people with uh, information systems that allow access, like the Veterans Administration and a lot of government uh, mm-hmm. systems, that basically uh, insist you change the password annually, whether you want to or not. Right. And, and, so and you can't I, use I, any of the last 10 you've used. So. And, and, and I don't use it annually anyway. Right. So whenever I get ready to use it, now I've got to go through more of a hassle. Yeah. But they'll still let you in ultimately. All you got to do is answer a lot of questions. And, yeah. You know, if you really need it, you need it. If you don't, right. why keep updating passwords, you know? Yeah. Be- because what what happens for people that, if logically think about it, if you're going to update passwords, you better write it down somewhere, right. or you're going to, you know, which is inherently an ins- insecure thing to do. Right. Well, that's why they, you know, a lot of places, there are a lot of people recommend using a password manager of some sort, and then that, so that way you remember how to get into your password manager. But the problem is, is you're only then as good as however that password is and how well you remember it, right? Right. Um, you know, <laughs> but but there's uh, more and more biometric type of things going on. I think pass keys is going to solve a lot of those issues for people. And so we're going to get much more secure here in the near future. Um, you know, as the other operating systems, windows and, and Android and stuff come online with the same type of technology that they've all agreed on. And so I think that's going to make all of, it's at some point we're going to look back at, we had, to, you had to remember what words to get in. It is why on earth did you do that? You know? Yeah, well, at least the Apple built-in password manager, uh, you know, has some benefit, I mean, for a lot of uh, things. Mm -hmm. However, they 
get to the point where they started recognizing that, oh, I'm using this same password on a dozen different <laughs> sites. Right. And so then, then they'll and then warn they you. Wanted, then they wanted me to change them until I said, well, this is hopeless. I, I yeah. spent days doing this. I followed all their requests. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, what you, what I started doing is as I would go to a site and it would tell me that, then I would change it on that site. I didn't try to sit down and do them all. And I tend to let it pick its passwords. But I found some issues with that. Like there's a website that's um, uh, that we use through the school that I coach at. Uh, it's their um, like their uh, grading system site. And it picks the password and then it refreshes the page and then It'll ask me to, after it's refreshed the page, it never asked me to save the password. It's like, well, I don't know what the password was. It picked the really complex XY hashtag four dash, you know, whatever. And it's like, I don't know what the password was. And it didn't save it. So now what do I do? I can't get into it. So I have to have them reset the password again. It's just, it's it's maddening. Uh, And it's now happened to me twice. So I can't. here's, Here's the other thing. The companies that let you use their systems they set a certain value on security for their own purposes. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's different than how you feel about their site. Yeah, you know. Yeah. I, as far as I'm concerned, most of these passwords on various places, uh, I don't care about having a password there at all. Yeah, it's for their purposes, not for mine. I agree. You know, well, it's like all of these uh, subscription streaming services or, or uh, uh, services. I yeah I, I mean they want me to have it password protected I could care less I don't care if yeah. I use the same password for all of them they're gonna That's love when we go to pass keys though because those are biometric and so they won't let you share your pass key with friends and family right which is something they don't want to happen anyway so I can see them all getting behind that yep so so anyway uh, it's a uh, it's interesting, and it will mm-hmm. be interesting to see how we evolve. But they were supposed to have that done by the end of this year, and I, I haven't really seen anything on it lately. Have you? Regarding pass keys? Yeah. It's all in iOS 16 and the next release of macOS. So it's all going to come out here right at oh. the end of the year. Oh, okay. Yeah. So right at the end of the year. Ba- yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> iOS is supposed to come out in two weeks. So. Yeah, you're right. So. All right. Okay. So maybe we'll talk mm-hmm. about that in the Three weeks or so. Yeah, yeah. See, well, the thing is, too, you know, now it's supported by the operating system. It then has to be supported by web pages, right? Everybody who everybody who uses passwords, applications, yeah. and web pages. Right. So we'll see that that's going to be slower to roll out. Um, but right. you know, it 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 can be an option. Like right now, when you log in, you can use your email, you can use your Facebook account. A lot of places you can use Apple or Google accounts to log in. Now they'll just have a third one, which is use passkey. So. You know, which is what I'll switch to for everything, you know, as soon as I can. Yep. Yep. So we're starting the process. Yeah. So. Knocking on the door. Uh, that kind of it? Only, only one thing that we've kind of uh, overlooked here, and that had to do with uh, with uh, surveillance, being trusting companies to do the right thing. Mod- <laughs> midterm elections to put misinformation policies to the test. Yeah. And uh, and the companies boy, that lists are all social media: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, and TikTok. And and, and they all support Democrats, so it's a very biased system. <laughs> I don't I don't <laughs> trust social media at all for anything anyway. So it's that's right. You know, I'm an anti-social media guy just from the the 
from the get-go, regardless of, of the politics of the companies or anything. But I all just, I will say is that the 2020 election was the most impactful information was the uh, Hunter Biden's laptop uh, information that was choked off because, oh, couldn't be anything wrong with that. That wouldn't hurt the president, so we won't even talk about it. So that's the worst kind of violation you can have with a system that can, can censor things. Yeah, so, yeah. The the yeah. articles about the laptop were were said to be fake news, and so they cut it off and blocked it from from being posted online. And, and then and, after and, the election, then of then, then then it's like, oh, oh, yeah, you're right. There is a laptop, and you're right. He did have stuff on there that's incriminating. And, and, and oh, it didn't have anything to do with his dad. Ha ha. Yeah. And, and and until they didn't like his dad anymore, and they wanted to say, well, we're he's not. We're not going to help him run anymore, and everybody else turned against him. Then all of a sudden, oh yeah, he looks like maybe he's involved, but not too much that we can throw him out now because we got this thing working the way we like it. Yeah, you know, so we we have a president name only because I think the man is. Uh, unfortunately, I'm old too, but I, I don't think I have the problems that he does, and a lot of people that my age, you know, basically have got. Significant uh, cognitive decline, I think, is the yeah. proper. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I, it's not something you can get angry about. It's life, and it's the way it works. Mm. But that's really a, a, a terrible thing to do to this country. It's dangerous. Yeah, you know, because we well. don't know who's in charge. We really don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, it's you know, if you look at the history of the country, there's been times when presidents were basically laid up, and they hid it from the fact, and the and the president's wife was making all the decisions. You know, I mean, it's 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 yeah. it's dangerous. No, it, it, it's dangerous. It's, it's it's a bunch of surrogates. You know, yeah, his cabinet, some of them, I suppose, but yeah. I don't really know who does. Yeah, well, I'm know, not saying were... that his wife is the one that's making the decisions, but you know, I mean, I'm just saying historically, we've had issues like that before with presidencies, um, and and a president it, not being. Uh, you know, capable of doing the job, but also yeah, and, not being willing, or at least at, you know, at the time there wasn't even a really a, a rule about how a, a vice president could temporarily take over. You know, they've since uh, done a constitutional well, amendment well, to that. Well, there's a 25th amendment that's right. the deal expressly right. with this, but that's, they don't want to use it. That exists now. I was still talking about historical. That yeah. didn't oh. exist when we've had some of the problems we've had in the past. Oh yeah, I you don't know. remember when that. Well, it predated you. I'm talking history here. Yeah. So, even older than you, I know. Believe it or not, things happened before oh, us. Oh, <laughs> really did? Oh. <laughs> yeah. 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 History is extremely important. Unfortunately, a lot of people want to forget it. Yeah. In fact, or uh, or try to change how change the story well, to fit their narrative. They, there's even rumors now they want to have a constitutional convention. They're going to throw out the thing and start over. That's yeah. the most dangerous thing. I mean, you you just just jeopardized everything with that idea yeah i've heard that floated too um although you know it's it's the the fringes of both parties pointing at the other party and saying it's you know they're they're offering ridiculousness i think the center of both parties is sitting here not you know shaking their heads going what the hell's gone wrong with our country (laughs) You know, I really do believe that there is a large chunk of people who, A, don't sit and watch politics every day and don't really give a rats. They're just trying to put food on the table. And B, uh, don't believe most of what they're hearing. And so, um, you know, and they just don't follow politics except when it's time to go vote. 
And, you know, there are people who, who that's how they spend their day, reading about and listening to news and talking about politics. There's other people who don't care. You know, it's like, you know, family members who could care less about sports, you know. <laughs> they wouldn't even know the name of their local sports teams. Or if they hey. knew, they might go, yeah, I have no idea which sport they even play. I don't care. And there's, yeah. you know, big swaths. In fact, I have a podcast that I do with my sister-in-law that is on this same um, uh, podcasting, I don't know it's a network, but it's done through Shack Outback Studios. It's called The Rest of Us. And uh, I, I urge everybody to sit down and have a listen at some point to The Rest of Us. We do talk about politics there very specifically, but we try to say, you know... <laughs> Here's the here's the people that are far right and here's the people that are far left and and I don't know I kind of feel like I'm neither of those so here's kind of what you know here's how the middle is and uh, and it's, we have some really good conversations. Anyway, I'm, I'm uh, after we hang up here, I'm going to investigate something because a message just came in here at 11:45 a.m. It says, "Hello, this is so and so, the the Powerball winner of 768 million dollar Powerball jackpot." in certain state at a certain mm -hmm. time. Congratulations. You have randomly been picked to win uh, uh, $500,000 to each U.S. citizen. I'm donating $100,000 to 20 random individuals. If you get this message, then your number was selected after a spin ball. Sounds text. like scam to me, so be cautious. Text. <laughs> yeah. Text claim to the agent in charge of claiming and delivering your winner. Winning. Text yeah. him for confirmation and claiming of your winning. Ignoring this message if you're not interested. Thanks. Yeah. No, no, I don't think I'm interested in $100,000, but I don't want to be ripped off. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Sounds very scammy to me. Yeah, it does. You know, there's a, uh, you know, Middle Eastern prince who has a million dollars in a bank, but he can't get to it. And all he needs you to do, <laughs> you're like, wait a minute. Whoa. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so mm. I hope you all enjoyed today's show. It's been fun. Yeah, and, uh, man. We'll be back. We'll... Same bat time, same bat channel. Yep. No, 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 no. Bye bye. <laughs> bye bye. Have a good week, everybody. Okay. All right, music's out. We're done. Okay, Todd. See ya. Oh, bye.